Welcome to Bite at a Time Books Behind the Story, where we answer the questions you have about your favorite classic authors. What inspired your favorite author to write their novels? What was going on in the world at the time? Follow along with us as we tell you what was happening in the world while your favorite authors wrote your favorite classics. My name is Bree Carlisle, and I love to read and wanted to share my passion with listeners like you. If you want to know what's coming next and vote on upcoming books, sign up for our newsletter at biteatatimebooks.com. Be sure to follow my show on your favorite podcast platform so you get all the new episodes. You can find most of our links in the show notes, but also our website, biteatatimebooks.com, includes all of the links for our show, including to our Patreon to support the show and YouTube, where we have special behind the narration of the episodes. We're part of the Bite at a Time Books Productions Network. If you'd also like to hear a book by the author, check out the Bite at a Time Books podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Today we'll be talking about Robert Louis Stevenson's Reflections on the Art of Writing. Stevenson's critical essays on literature contain few sustained analyses of style or content. In A Penny Plain and Twopence Colored, 1884, he suggests that his own approach owed much to the exaggerated and romantic world that, as a child, he had entered as proud owner of Skelt's juvenile drama— a toy set of cardboard characters who were actors in melodramatic dramas, a gossip on romance, 1882, and a gossip on a novel of Dumas's, 1887, imply that it is better to entertain than to instruct. Stevenson very much saw himself in the mold of Sir Walter Scott, a storyteller with an ability to transport his readers away from themselves and their circumstances. He took issue with what he saw as the tendency in French realism to dwell on sordidness and ugliness. In The Lantern-Bearer, 1888, he appears to take Emile Zola to task for failing to seek out nobility in his protagonists. In a humble remonstrance, Stevenson answers Henry James's claim in The Art of Fiction, 1884, that the novel competes with life. Stevenson protests that no novel can ever hope to match life's complexity— It merely abstracts from life to produce a harmonious pattern of its own. Man's one method, whether he reasons or creates, is to half shut his eyes against the dazzle and confusion of reality. Life is monstrous, infinite, illogical, abrupt, and poignant. A work of art, in comparison, is neat, finite, self-contained, rational, flowing, and emasculate. The novel, which is a work of art, exists not by its resemblances to life— which are forced and material, but by its immeasurable difference from life, which is designed and significant. It is not clear, however, that in this there was any real basis for disagreement with James. Stevenson had presented James with a copy of Kidnapped, but it was Treasure Island that James favored. Written as a story for boys, Stevenson had thought it in no need of psychology or fine writing— but its success is credited with liberating children's writing from the chains of Victorian didacticism. Thank you for joining Bite at a Time Books behind the story today, while we answered some of the questions you have about one of your favorite classic authors. Again, my name is Bree Carlisle, and I hope you come back next time when we answer more questions about one of your favorite classic authors. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at biteatatimebooks.com. Check out the show notes or our website, biteatatimebooks.com, for the links for our show.